Hello, I'm Travis Owens with Cherokee Nation Cultural Tourism, and today I'm joined with Jane Oste, Cherokee National Treasure, artist, and potter. Jane Oste is a featured artist at Celine Courthouse Museum with her exhibit, Jane Oste, Our Pottery, Our People. Jane, take me a little bit back to 1986, you're at NSU, you're studying for a Bachelor of Arts degree, and then you happen upon a ceramics class that you, I, I think you put off for a while, right? Until I had to take it to get my degree. <laughs> so tell me, tell me a little bit about that, how that pottery class kind of set you on this path to where we're at today. Okay. Well, first of all, I had a wonderful teacher that really, really inspired me. I wanted to learn really bad, so I was in that ceramics building practically 20 hours a day. And I liked what he was showing me, what I was learning. I liked the feel of the clay and the smell of the clay, and I was just totally addicted to it. Anyway, after doing that, um, I continued in pottery, and it's been 30-some years now. And that first year I was doing pottery, I also met Anna Mitchell then. Before that, I was doing wheel throwing at school, but I was still using our designs or Southeast designs. And then I met Anna, and she was the great inspiration that made me want to do coil pottery. Plus, she told me, educated me a lot about what it meant to be a Southeastern potter. But at that time, we were doing mostly incising. She had a couple of rocker stamps, so we didn't have the paddle stamps then but we would incise, draw the designs on the pots, like some of these. And after a while, we met people in the Eastern Band, and they taught us about the paddle stamping. They had relearned it in the year 2000. We relearned it from them, or learned it from them in 2005. And I guess it had been lost about 150 years since removal before we started doing this again. So that was, well, I know Anna took the class when they were here with us, the Eastern Band, and she said, I wish I'd known that 30 years ago. And so that's how happy we were to see some of our old stuff come back. That's great. So yeah. tell me a little bit about Anna. I know I've heard from you over mm -hmm. the years, and you know, I had a chance to know her, but mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about how your all's paths crossed and then how you started doing uh, <laughs> the pottery you're doing today. Okay, I had to interview someone for a Cherokee class that I was taking. And I chose her because I was just starting to do pottery and I went to her house. She came to the door and she was scary to me. <laughs> she was real stern looking. Uh, anyway, I took some photographs of her that day and I was taking a sculpture class also. So I got real inspired with those photographs and did this big old sculpture of her, which is out at the nation in the foyer. And it don't look so much like her, it's just the way I felt about her. Is more more than a you know perfect picture representation of her, but I admired her so much that she started from nothing, taught herself, visited a lot of museums, and had a lot of help that way of uh, different archaeologists and museum people telling her things. But she learned how to make it, learned how to fire it. She did the whole thing by herself, and she was so generous to me, sharing anything she could with me. So when you came to know her, what year was that? I think it was 87, okay. but I'm not positive. And for those that, that may not know, um, you know, she was really responsible for really reviving yes. um, pottery here in, mm -hmm. in Cherokee Nation, Oklahoma. Right. And for all the reasons you talked about before, uh -huh. but 
where was she kind of in her journey of understanding and, and doing Cherokee pottery at that time when you met her? She was at the height of her career. Um, I knew her maybe the last 20 some year, 25 years of her life. But I think when we start, you know, just learning, and then you've got 10, 20, 30 years span there where you're at the height of your career. And like the last 10 or 15 years of her life, she wasn't working that much. And her vision was getting bad. And it's like you come full circle. She started at this place and she did all this wonderful stuff and then she kind of came back around the circle. But her husband passed away in 98. And I think that he was such a part of her life, her pottery life too, and such an encourager that she kind of lost the heart for doing it after he passed away. Well, what, um, you know, what about that relationship you formed with her, you know, led you into the pottery you're doing today? Well, when I got to know her, she was going to Indian Market and all that. She told me a lot of good stories about Market, a lot of funny ones. And at first, you know, I have students that went to Santa Fe two years after they learned, but I didn't think I could do that. And I took five years, I think, before I, or longer than that, before I even applied for Santa Fe. But seeing her do it opened the doors for a lot of us to go ahead and try it. I'm interested by the fact that one, you were intimidated because I think about where you are today in your pottery. And then, you know, but when you, when you went and knocked on that door, did you see, you know, kind of uh, that this is something you were hoping to learn or were you really just seeking an interview at that point? Uh, maybe both. <laughs> <laughs> so you uh, may have had an ulterior motive yeah, to do that interview? She wasn't scary at all after I got to know her. I was just scared that first day uh -huh. because I admired her and she was way up on this pedestal to me. But we had a lot of fun together, a lot of friendship of over 25 years and we did a lot of things together and when she got older she used to ride to Santa Fe with me when she wasn't doing the show and she would just go take her little walker and go visit all day because she knew a ton of the artists. Well tell me a little bit about so that's a good segue from you know you mentioned Santa Fe and doing those shows so it was 1990 so maybe maybe four or five years after this um, you know this knock on the door when you started doing your first shows, I think the first one was Red Earth, right? Mm -hmm. So tell me about that first show and kind of, you know, putting yourself out there with doing doing art as a career. It was scary, but Anna, even before that, when we would be somewhere talking or she would say, don't be shy, you speak up. She was always nudging me to speak up. I was so intimidated, but I did get an honorable mention for the sculpture, which was good. <laughs> and, um, Anyway, I knew several of the artists. The Kenwood Co-op people were there, and uh, a few Kelly Haney, people like that back in the old days. Anyway, I knew some people, and Gina Gray was a really good friend of mine, the Osage artist, and we hung out together. We were wearing our medals around our neck, all proud of them, <laughs> our award medals. Anyway, it, that was my introduction, and then I started doing the other shows, but my first five years was just right around here, you know, the, I don't even think that the Heritage Center allowed pottery when I first started. They just opened that up in 2004 or five, I think. And um, it's Five Tribes Museum, just the, on the lawn over here at the courthouse, and NSU symposiums, I did a lot of just little shows. From 1990 to today, and at some point you started gaining some serious notoriety 
um, for Cherokee pottery and, you know, are, you really have established yourself as a, a premier Cherokee potter. Um, your work's now collected around the world. It's, it's sought after by collectors and museums. I think some of them we were talking about, you know, in Smithsonian's museums, including National Museum of American Indian, Denver Art Museum, even some here in Tahlequah at the Cherokee National History Museum. Mm -hmm. So tell me about what, what did that feel like to kind of make that transition from, you know, 1990 starting your, at an art show to having people seek you out and want to purchase your art to help educate public and visitors? Gosh, that was a long journey. And the first several years, like I said, I was on the road doing shows all over the country from California to North Dakota to Florida and just everywhere in between. And my pottery especially would mostly sell in the Southwest. That was my best market until Cherokee Nation business and, and Cherokee Nation started the program. So it was just a little bit here and there, and then some people asked me to do something for the Philbrook and something the Denver Art Museum stopped by and got a piece. So it just it just gradually grew. So and then so it grew grew and grew, and then I think in two thousand five you were recognized as a Cherokee mm -hmm. National Treasure in pottery. Mm -hmm. Really, the only the second person mm -hmm. to be deemed with that title. So take me back to two thousand five. You get. Maybe not a phone call at that point, but you got some notification that you're being awarded a national treasure. What what was what was that day like? Well, it was really great, and Anna was really proud of me too. She was happy for me, uh, but they didn't tell us until right at the very end before the national holiday. So that it really felt rewarding, and I felt really good to be following in her footsteps to also. So what is today, you know, as a national treasurer, you served on the and serve on the National Treasurer's Advisory Committee. What, is, what does that mean to you? What does it mean to be a national treasurer today? Well, it means we have to behave a little bit. <laughs> uh, but I try to do the best artwork I can to represent our people and our nation and, um, and to teach others about it, to make sure that we keep our traditions alive. That's one big responsibility. We were talking earlier about just the number of people who you have taught mm -hmm. and, yet, and some you've had success with, but mm -hmm. how important is it for you to continue to educate and teach pottery within Cherokee Nation and then beyond? Mm -hmm. It's been really important and I really love teaching too. I think you can tell you took a class. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's really thrilling to see people get it and want to know what is ours, you know, what where we came from. And I, I really treasure the teaching part of it. And sometimes I'm not, well, I'm not doing it as much as I used to, but when I do, I think, why did I ever slow down? Let's teach some more. <laughs> and it's real rewarding to see people understand it. Like Rachel, my, one time student, she made these pieces over here, and she's only taken one class, and you only took one class, and you did great. But I've had a lot of people do great that they weren't able to continue. I've had maybe three or four that continued. But a lot of people just have such busy lives and other obligations that they can't do it. But I've had a lot of talented people that could have been really, really good. Well, what is, what is, what's that like when you, so those, those handful of people you talked about, when you see them out there, um, you know, you talked about how proud Anna was of you when you got the National mm -hmm. Treasure, 
So what is, what's that like for you when you see somebody who's actively doing pottery and then winning awards and making notoriety themselves? I believe one year at Santa Fe, I had four students there that won awards. Wow. And that felt really good. And at one time when I was teaching a whole lot out at the other studio out by the nation, I think I had 10 students enter the Trilateer show or the homecoming show, one or the other. And several of them got awards, but that, those are sort of highlights that stand out. We talked a little bit about, you know, you've, you've been a student yourself, you've been a teacher, uh, you've been on the road, I think you said, for like 20 years doing pottery and <laughs> a lot. Tried, to, tried to settle down. You've attended markets all, all across the world. And, um, but you talked about, you know, in the early 2000s, you were able to kind of slow that down a little bit because of the invest that Cherokee Nation was mm-hmm. making in, in um, cultural art through the, the 1% Legislative Art Act. Yes. So talk to me a little bit about that and how that's changed your life. Um, I don't think I could have continued the road warrior thing for very much longer. You know, it's really hard and really hard on you. And when Cherokee Nation or these entities began to buy from us, that kept me from having to go on the road so much. And I'm so grateful and I have told a lot of people how grateful I am because now we can work toward the sales when they're going to buy instead of being out there driving 2,000 miles to a show. <laughs> so that has really helped a lot. So we got a couple of questions from, from um, our social media audience. So let me ask you a couple of those if we've got time. Um, but one person asked on Instagram, she said, what is speci- what specifically is Cherokee potty? So what makes something Cherokee in terms of a pot? And then how does that differ from other tribes? Okay, we have specific designs, a few that are specific to our tribe, um, but a lot of them are universal. I see them in other tribal pottery. But I guess the main thing that makes them Cherokee is that a Cherokee person's making them that makes it Cherokee pottery. But then we have these uh, designs and things that we use that we know were, are attributed to our prehistoric Cherokee pottery. So I like to use those. Now, when we first, when Anna and I first started, we used any design that was Southeast, whether it was Caddo or whatever, we didn't have the information we have now. And after we got the, started getting that information on the internet, we knew more things that were Cherokee. And now we have other potters that, don't you use that Caddo design or don't you use that design? And I try to stick with it where I'm using Cherokee designs. But my early 20 years of work, I was using any southeastern design I could find. I didn't care which tribe it belonged to. Because Anna did too, because we, didn't, we just didn't have the information that let us know which ones were which. Well, and that's what another question on Instagram would ask. Um, how does the style of pottery you're doing today differ from those centuries ago? Or does it? Every once in a while, I try to make a piece that is sort of like a replica, real close. But I mostly don't deal in that. I mostly use it in new ways. Like, I doubt if we had a pot that was decorated just like this one but I have used elements of our old designs in there. And the same thing with here, this from some of our old stuff, but of course these hands are contemporary. And we did make squash pots, but they were mostly more closed in, so this is a little different than the old ones. But um, I don't know, the, I guess I could say the foundation is always based on our, our own pottery, our old pottery. 
Very good. Well, I think that's about all the time we have for today. And Jane, thank you so much for joining us. And another question we had is somebody said, can we purchase the pottery online? And so I hope, but Jane's got a few pieces that are gonna be available for sale. And we're gonna have those up on, on our website and we'll post a link in the comments below. And then um, if, you, if you've ever experienced Jane's work, you know she does a tremendous amount of pottery and she's really a great steward for Cherokee, Cherokee people and a great educator. So we appreciate you participating in this interview and then we appreciate your exhibit. Thank you. Jane Oste's exhibit, Our Pottery, Our People, is on display at the Celine Courthouse Museum now through December 26. Again, her pottery will be available for sale in the exhibit. She does have some pottery that's for display only as well that you can check out. And then uh, we hope you have an opportunity to visit and then check some of this out online. Thank you for joining us. To watch the video version of our podcast and other great series like Cherokee Word of the Week, go to youtube.com slash visit Cherokee Nation. Also, be sure to follow Visit Cherokee Nation on Facebook and Instagram for Cherokee cultural and historical content.